2: Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare slash weight loss.
4: The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
1: The center of the Galaxy, this is a force center podcast feed i 'm Ken Knapstock for another edition of Spotlight Star Wars. That is right. We are here on a Force Friday weekend. I want to wish you all uh, happy Force Friday. I uh, hope you all got what you wanted. Hope you found some augmented reality characters and had some fun with that i 'm broadcasting from a very very hot. Very, very fiery Burbank, California. The Latuna Fire raging as I record tonight. So uh, may the force be with all the firefighters and first responders out there and the people affected by this, as well as Harvey. Floods around the world. That's a tough time. So let's climb into the Star Wars bubble. And, hey, just like Luke Skywalker himself said, maybe you could, uh, if you bought one less toy on Fourth Friday, send that money to a charity uh, uh, of of your choice for these troubled times, these people that need help. But the Star Wars bubble is for all of us to climb into and feel safe. And that's what we're going to do tonight as I record. And big stuff coming today. Big stuff this weekend. Force Friday didn't have a Last Jedi trailer, and I didn't think it would. Who who did think that? But hey, the biggest reveal of the week came from the fact that we now know that General Leia's command ship, the one that will be seen in The Last Jedi, from which the Resistance will probably do a lot of their work, is called the Raddus. Oh, I love that. Yes, I'm a fan of Admiral Raddus. Yes, he was the standout character in Rogue One for me, for his attitude and approach to fighting the Empire, for being a a creature of action, a rebel of action. My love for Radus is real and deep. It is awesome, and uh, I love this connection. Love it. And it is not something that, to me, makes it feel small. I talked a couple episodes ago on Spotlight Stars how I wanted these little connections. Some of the connections can be underwhelming if they're played, played for bigger uh, connections, for bigger fan points. Uh, Inferno Squad, the novel, which is great, has some small connections to other parts of the galaxy, but one of them is a big reveal of a character from the Clone Wars, and it's like, oh, it's good, but it's not, it, it doesn't earn the headline that felt a little out of place where a lot of the other connections in battle uh battlefront to inferno squad uh, a lot of the connections to rebel rising which by the way i am about halfway through rebel rising by beth revis and uh just like my broadcast partner joseph scrimshaw said it is worth the read and connects if you haven't read inferno squad yet I, I do recommend reading rebel rising first it connects so directly in there we're going to talk more about rebel rising i'm sure. But. Back to my point. It's a fine line. You could overconnect Star Wars. You could overconnect these comics. Uh, you can overconnect these novels. You could just make it all seem like a too bit of a coincidentally connected world. Like, oh, of course, that person's there. I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for these little things that add to the lore and add to the layers of enjoyment. Calling the ship the Rattus, uh pays in Saga Canon in the main canon in the main line, which is going to be episodes one through nine, and if they extend it, of course, connection to a standalone film to a standalone story. I uh, would still love even more of those kind of connections. But the Radus, the Rattus ship is awesome. Uh, Snoke's a uh, mega class star destroyer. The uh, was the Supremacy looks good as well. I'm liking what's coming out of it. And as far as a lot of the designs, uh, of, uh, the ships, both first order and otherwise in the last Jedi receiving some sort of flack for being designed too similarly, similarly, similarly simmer down now in the same vein as, uh, the stuff from the original trilogy. I, I, I say bad to that by humbug to that kind of thinking, it just makes sense. In World War II or the Korean War shortly after, the U.S. military had Jeeps. Flash forward to the Persian Gulf War, we had Hummers, updated Jeeps, but they were still Jeeps. They were just bigger Jeeps, better Jeeps. So if the First Order is going to try to emulate the Empire, they're going to try to do it bigger. Star Starkiller base, whether you groaned a little bit that it was a third Death Star or not, and I understand that, but it was them going look we're the first two death stars we find, we know some of the problems we know what happened we're gonna big it build it bigger and better I still think star killer base is Illum uh if it is it's almost disappointing that they didn't deal with it in uh Force awakens but I'd love to see it I'd love to see it revealed that Ilum. That's a whole separate thread, separate conversation. But point being, like these new walkers, these, what is these, ATM6, these all terrain mega caliber six cannon uh, walkers, heavy assault walkers. I love them. I love them. Now that we've finally seen them, they're finally confirmed, and we finally have toys of them, I love the design. It's like the First Order said hey, how did, uh, how did the uh, Imperials fail before? Our walkers. Too easy to take out. Look what happened on Scarif. Uh, Look what happened on Hoth. We almost were successful there, but we could have been more successful if we hadn't lost them to tow cables. Come on now. And a Jedi with a grenade and a well place lightsaber cut so i love the update it's uh that being the same in the force awakens it almost seemed a little odd that we had x-wings and tie fighters and that was it it was reminiscent of a new hope or get some y-wings some x-wings some tie fighters star Destroyers. that was it then you started expanding in empire and jedi which was fun we as kids loved that right um it makes sense that a speeder bike would have been around during the new hope era but the fact that we didn't see it As a kid, you didn't think it existed. So um, I have uh, no problem with uh, the First Order and the Resistance using similar things. And I like, uh, yet technology, I could see 30 years absolutely getting bigger and better. Maybe they could play with that. Maybe that's something that you can see. Maybe these heavy assault walkers can do something that the old walkers couldn't do it other than just have a bigger gun. And I like what we're hearing coming out of Crate, the planet Crate, which is where we see these walkers in action. And we see these ski speeders. I love that it's connected to uh, even going back to the prequel era where, uh, the, and also uh, the original trilogy where Leia may have been on this planet before. It may have been a base used by the Alliance, and I like that. That, that means maybe in the comics down the line or something. You'll see this planet again and that these ski speeders actually predate the rebellion. That's where they might connect to prequel era or beyond. I love that kind of stuff. I think that's cool. And that is not a fan service for me. That is a a logical fan service works for me when it's logical. Red and gold leader being a rogue one are logical because they would be there. All right. Red five being blown up. And a spot open in Red Squad for Luke just a few days later. Um, Fan service on the negative side, though I still liked it. Rogue One, I loved a lot of those little moments. I, I had no problem with R2 and 3PO, even though we don't quite know how they got back onto the ship for the battle. Um, it's the logical thing. So what we're seeing with stuff coming out of Last Jedi, it's all logical, it all fits in, and it's got me really excited, as I'm sure you guys are now. Uh, I did not get to go out yet for Force Friday. I uh, have not purchased anything. So I'm seeing some of the stuff you guys got, and it looks amazing. I've been shopping online or a little, uh, little scouting online. There's definitely some things out there I'd be interested in getting, but I haven't picked them up yet. Maybe I will. You guys can tweet me at Ken Habsuk or tweet me at Pod, Use hashtag uh, ForceCenter or Spotlight Star Wars for this show and show us what you got. And I'm sure we'll talk about it on Force Center, the main show, the big show, the super, mega-class Star Destroyer of our fleet. The other big thing to come out of this uh, weekend, well, we got some even some news. Uh, Paul Bettany joining the Han Solo film during the reshoots. Interesting. I don't think it's going to be a big part, probably more than a cameo for me. Uh, sad that Mike, Michael Kenneth Williams can no longer be in it, but hey, that's, that's the breaks. We've discussed that elsewhere. Um, and the other big thing, what I wanted to talk about now, is Star Wars Rebels Season 4, Trailer 2. We've already seen some stuff. We saw a lot of stuff over there, of course, at Star Wars Celebration, uh, a, lot of, a lot of it around Bo-Katan returning, the Mandalores, all that kind of stuff, and, and it looks good. This trailer, and just like the trailer that had been released previously, um, has uh, has a great feel to it. I love what's going on in it. Now, Rebels has put some great trailers. I don't think Rebels has had a bad trailer yet. And it's so good. Their trailers are so good for Star Wars Rebels that I think it leads to some of that disappointment that uh, fans feel. The, the, the series is popular. The series is good. Um, there's always, and I'm I'm guilty of it too, of just watching some of these epi- episodes and feeling like they're filler. And I don't necessarily think they're filler. I don't necessarily, uh, you know, AP Five singing a music a musical in space, notwithstanding. I don't necessarily think that uh, it's fair to just say, oh, roll your eyes and say it's filler. They've got to put together a season. They've got to extend the story. It isn't a seven-episode Game of Thrones season where they can just put these big, giant moments up on screen. You've got to build things up. So Rebels is doing a great job with these trailers. I just think, uh, I hope the, the pulse-pounding action and dark, ominous feel, feeling that this trailer gives me, I hope it translates to season four, because this is a very important season. Rebels, when, uh, when it's all said and done, Rebels could be a very important piece of Star Wars material in the greater picture. Uh, it, it is definitely something that starts small with this tiny cell, and then it grows. And, and if we, we allowed, uh, we, it was important to allow the show that kind of patience and growth, um, and things started happening. We see Mon Mothma's very important speech, giving up her position in the Senate going full rebellion, full rebel, and the fleet showing up. Uh, You're seeing the cells start to come together, and there's a real good insight into the state of the rebellion leading into the events of New Hope, and even now leading, of course, into the events of Rogue One, where I think rebels will connect the most, chopper, Ghost, General Syndulla, all those things appearing in Rogue One kind of makes you think that that's where we're going to see more of the connections. And there was a rumor that uh, Star Wars Rebels was going to show you the Battle of Scarif from the point of view of the Ghost Squadron, the Ghost Crew. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. That was more, seems like, something that they could do. Floney was just talking about it. I'd love to see it. Maybe that's how this ends. I don't know. But... Some things to pick out from this trailer here. Saga Gerrera is all over. We know Saw is going to come back. And I've been reading, like I said, Rebel Rising. And Rebel Rising and Inferno Squad are kind of these companion pieces there that, that really, really go into the events of of Rogue One. There's a lot of Taga. There's a member of the Inferno Squad who used to be sta- stationed on, on Scarif long before the Battle of Scarif. But... You you get uh, conversations about that. uh, And Inferno Squad deals with the aftermath of Saw and his partisans. And now a new group called the Dreamers carrying it on. And even this mystery character, I won't spoil it if you haven't read it yet, that ties directly to the Clone Wars and the Clone Wars cartoon. Um, Rebel Rising, again, I'm halfway through it, and it's fantastic. And and it really, really, really builds out the character of Jen even more. It's almost so good, much like even the novelization of Rogue One like I've said before that you almost you almost want to go back and and see some uh, different things in Rogue One and some stuff with Jin added in. I still think some of the scenes we saw and the partisans in the Rogue One novel should have been in the movie. There was some really interesting stuff there and a lot of it connects to Rebel Rising. And Rebel Rising really, really lets you see into the mind of Saw, and you start to understand why many in the rebellion, especially the ones with political backgrounds, were backing off of what Saw was doing. He was more than a radical. He was a, a, a terrorist in his own right, and that's the way some things play out in Rebel Rising. Now, do the ends justify the means? That's the big question, right? That's the big question even in real life sometimes. did the ends justify the means? And I think uh, with Rebel Rising, it it leaves you uh, wondering, leaves you questioning. Uh, Not that there should be this gray area with the empire versus the rebellion. I think the empire in general are the bad guys. Um, you see it with Inferno Squadron, uh, you know, some, some it's, it's, it's fascinating. I think Lost Stars was the first one to really put this in. But hey, we lost a million people on that Death Star. Good people, brothers, sisters, family. Um, and it raises those questions. And so Rebel Rising goes into it, it makes you think. Uh, Inferno Squad, there's a mission they go on and what they're prepared to do as, quote, good guys, as dreamers carrying on Saw's dream. Keep the dream alive! It makes you question their motives. It's really, really interesting. It's really, really fascinating stuff. And we see Saw featured so heavily in the Rebels Season 4 second trailer here. Saying stuff point blank and We don't exactly know who he's talking to yet. But, but saying, you know, you could, you could stop, stop. First of all, the first line, I think, is stop fighting the Empire on you know, their terms. Uh, fight like them a little bit more. Fight dirty is what he's saying. And then you see you see two tubes in there, which is great. But then I love this line. It's a, it's a fascinating line. You, again, not sure who he's talking to. Perhaps Hera. Perhaps Kanan. Saying, you know, are you going to keep... You could keep running Mon Mothma's little errands. Keep running those errands, you know. Or, uh, again, speaking to making a difference, those type of things. And I, I'm fascinated by that. I'm fascinated with the character of Saw Guerrera. Uh, it's a sh- Force Whitaker. I think nailed it. He's, he's doing the voice here. I think it's a shame that that character got the casual fans throw Saw aside. They don't get it. It is a Lucas created character for the Clone Wars season five, um, great arc. If you haven't seen it, Saw and his sister Stila uh, work with Anakin and Ahsoka, learn to kind of become guerrilla war warriors to to take on. The separatists, which is an interesting take, because the Separatists kind of become now who come the Empire basically, and now Saw is fighting them, and it's interesting stuff. And it and it's interesting that Saw learned a lot of what he's doing from Anakin Skywalker. It's fascinating that Saw Guerrera is no small character in the Star Wars story these days especially with the formation of the rebellion. So to see him featured in Rebels, know he's coming back, and maybe we'll finally get some of the answers. Because in Rebel Rising, it touches on how he was a little, little more bruised and battered, and he suffered some injuries. But when we saw him on, on Rebels last year, Saw was still in pretty good shape. So some stuff's got to happen. Maybe I know some of the Geonosis, uh, maybe some of the poison stuff's factoring in. I don't know. I could, uh, I'm could. i interested to see. But I uh, I love the character Saw, and I love what he's saying in this trailer. Because we know, we believe, Mon Mothma and Dodonna and that group are maybe the more in the right. They're rebelling in the, quote, right way. But Saw's got his points, and Saw's had his successes so I'm curious to see, and also on who he's talking to. We see we're going to get a lot about ha- Hera and Kanan, which is great. Ezra will be featured as as he should. Sabine will be featured. bo tans back a lot with the Mandalors and the Mandalorian uh, culture. Love that. The dark thats good stuff too. I think that stuff could end up one day being its own show if it if it needed it to be. Zeb, kind of a background player, of course. Zeb's kind of the ones that I think uh, I think Zeb could die. <laughs> Rebels uh, on Disney XD. Welcome back, kids. Zeb's dead. Zeb's dead. Um, yeah, you got... Uh, he's just one of those characters. He's a good supporting character. His story, I think, has already been told, and his purpose might be one of sacrifice for the greater greater good of the rebellion here. But the Kanan and Hera stuff looks very adult, directly addressing uh, the romantic connection, which is something that we are... When we are introduced to Hera and Kanan, it is in the n- novel A New Dawn. And it is very apparent that they, uh, they have a thing for each other. And uh, that picks up. That's about seven years before the events of Rebels. So when that picks up, when that's going, uh, they've spent some time together, Canaan and Hera. So you have to believe a little bit more than just flirtation going on. And I love that it's finally directly addressed here. And we're going to get some answers. And it seems from the outset with Canaan and Ezra Openly questioning, not just, it's not how you fight. It's not, the, it's not, it's not fighting, it's, it's how you choose to fight. And again, ties into maybe what Saw's doing, ties into maybe what Mon Mothma's doing, I don't know. I don't know. And to see that maybe, and then Canaan openly telling Hera, hey, have you ever thought about you've given enough to this rebellion and, and how it relates to us? Could Canaan and Ezra, and this again, it's, it's needed for the story, When new hope begins, Obi-Wan Kenobi, General Kenobi, is kind of the last hope. That's why Bail Organa goes off to go get him and and has Princess Leia uh, take over that task. It's the conversation he and Mon Mothma have in Rogue One. It is a we need all hands on deck. That's a Jedi. I don't care how old he might be or how old he might look. We could use this guy in a fight. So you have to think the story it's connected in that way. If they do their job as storytellers there, um, you have to think that Kanan and Ezra are not around, whether through death or some other story point, that they are not around at the events of Rogue One. Now, I wouldn't have expected to see Kanan and Ezra in Rogue One. Would not have gone into the movie expecting them to be there. I I didn't expect Ghost or Chopper or General Sandula to be said over the loudspeaker, but Kanan and Ezra can't be there. They just can't. Because then we have two Jedi who've already been involved in action, who've already been part of this rebellion. So it just doesn't make sense to say, Obi-Wan's our last hope and then this kid Skywalker shows up and we need this kid too. Uh, He's got something going on. He's got a lightsaber. If Kanan and Ezra remain and they're still part of this rebellion at the end of Rebels, I I actually would have a little bit of a nerd problem with it. I'd be in the Star Wars bubble complaining about it because I just think they have to go. So it seems as though they're setting it up. It seems as though they're setting something up. Uh, I don't think Ezra goes on to be anyone else. I don't think he's Snoke. I don't think he's DJ. I think he's Ezra. Maybe he'll factor in later on. You never know how that could play out. Kanan, I think you could tell his story. They've been telling it wonderfully you know, they told it wonderfully in the comics. I think you could do that, more of that, more novels, whatever you need to do. But I think Kanan can go, too. It makes sense for Kanan to die as well if you're planning out stories. be some kind of cost. But the action looks great. You got Tarkin talking to Thrawn about the TIE Defender program, which might be washed away because of the program spearheaded by Krennic, uh, which is, uh, of course, Stardust, which is, of course, the Death Star. Love that stuff. Love it all tying together. All the paths are finally coming together is kind of the theme in the trailer. And I love what's going on. So I'm curious to see what you guys think about this trailer. And Rebels going forward. I'm sure we'll discuss it on Four Center as we go. There'll be big moments, I'm sure, during this season. I wonder if the Emperor will show up. I kind of think you'll see that. I wonder if Vader will come back. I kind of think you'll see that. I think things. You're going to have some big moments in Rebels this season. And that trailer really, really sets you up. And uh, for a, com- a cartoon that started four seasons ago with a precocious little kid, um, it's grown up, it's matured as planned. I'm sure we criticized it too soon. Those who thought it was too young, thought it was too silly and too not connected to the big trilogy, this is what Lucasfilm did. They hunkered down. Uh, we always did say early in the early days, just trust Felonian team. And I think that trust uh, is always well-earned, but it's definitely well-earned now. This, this season four shaping up to be, I think, some of the most important stuff in modern Star Wars. What do you guys think? Let me know at hashtag SpotlightStarWars on Twitter. Follow us at FourCenterPod or me at CatNapsack. One question, and it's related to Rebels, uh, coming in tonight here from uh, the hashtag is uh, from Adam Siri. He says, what would it take for you to like Puffer Pigs, puppets slash CGI versions episode eight, an origins novel, comic series? It's a fair question. Fair question. Uh, Adam, I don't know what it would take for me to like Puffer Pigs, but, like, I'm on board with Porgs. I like Porgs, even though I'm one of the people joking on air a lot on Collider Jedi Council and even Force Center that they're, uh, that they're good meals or potential meals. I like the Porgs. I'm on board with the Porgs at this point. We'll see what they play, how they play at the movie. But Puffer Pigs, I don't know. It might have been the connection because it was the Lando episode. We're finally getting to see Lando Calrissian. Billy Dee Williams is voicing them, and then we get these puffer pigs. So I don't know. If they show up, say, in 9, it certainly doesn't look like they'll be there in 8, but in Episode 9 or a standalone movie, in the Han Solo movie, if Lando makes a, D- Donald Glover makes a, a reference to puffer pigs, and you can connect it to the big screen, then Adam, I might be a little bit more on board. Or if they appear in a comic much like I don't like Tars, but when they appeared in the Darth Maul comic and Darth Maul killed one, I was like, I uh, actually killed a bunch. I was like, you know what? I'm okay with Rathtars. I'm good to go on Rathtars. So maybe that happens. Maybe someone hunts one down, cooks, and eats a nice puffer pig. Then Adam. I'd be on board. Also, Chris Whitehead checking in at Osiris292 saying, turns out the best sound of Star Wars Battlefront Two coincidentally is also Cat Napsock's favorite. That's right. I love that. We're going to get the Seismic Charge, my favorite Star Wars sound from Attack of the Clones. That's right. My favorite sound in all of Star Wars is the Seismic Charges, and that's going to be in Battlefront 2 I'm excited for Battlefront 2 Going to play that. Got to move my new apartment here. Got it all set up. Got a new PlayStation ready for that. Guys, that is Spotlight Star Wars for this week. So much stuff coming up here on the channel. As we come out of Force Friday, we get the big show. We also got a special Star Wars counseling this coming Tuesday. Joseph is in Dragon Con as I speak. He's going to come back with a live Star Wars counseling. A lot of good stuff as we roll towards Episode Eight force friday has come and gone that means we are so close so close i'm sure a trailer i think we're going to start getting a trailer look for it sometime in october tv stuff a lot of promotion like ryan johnson and mark hamill warned us a lot coming be careful be wary don't get spoiled. See what you want. That's it for this week, guys. Again, let me know what you think about Star Wars Rebels Season 4 Trailer 2. Let me know. Hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. Don't forget we have a Patreon page as well. Patreon.com slash Force Center. is where you can buy our t-shirts at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. That is it. We'll see you guys next time on Spotlight Star Wars. May that Force thing kind of, sort of always be around you.